Soy, the final frontier. I'm Comrade Brit. And I am Patarax. These are the voyages of the starship USS Weaponship, our ongoing mission to seek out old episodes, both cringe and based, and to boldly go to destroy the temporal core. Podcast is here. Soy Trek. One half vegan, one half queer. A hundred percent Unless we have a less leftist guest, Patrick and Brandon talking, joking, farting, and shitting all about Star Trek. Like our buttholes, the show is red. Soy Trek the podcast is here. So listen to Soy Trek right in your ears. We out here. We out here. We out here in space, brother. What? What's your favorite part about living in space? It's cold. It's cold. Yeah. You know, I whenever I'm in space, I always think about that song by um, Foreigner, Cold as Ice. Mm. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice. You're like, not your love mm. in Foreigner's case, but in no. this case, maybe your love. Mm. Uh, you know, you know who was not willing to sacrifice their love but had to anyway? Who? Uh, fucking Cisco. It's true. Yeah. He was not willing to sacrifice his love. He's willing to put his love in prison. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, because she fucking, like, (laughs) collaborated with the fucking Maquis. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's on her. And she still took him back. She still took him? Yeah, yeah. She was like, you're kind of a cop, but you're my cop. (laughs) Yeah. There are some unre- unhealthy relationship dynamics there. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like he's not part of the forty percent. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, yeah. Still, it's like putting putting them in prison. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pretty bad. Yeah, that's not a good thing to do to you, like your partner. No, I mean unless they're into that kind of thing. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, some people are definitely you know into. Different strokes for different folks. Oh, right. Don't yeah. yuck another person's yum. And that is definitely my yum. <laughs> I've been actually, like, honestly, like, getting more into kink stuff lately. Mm. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, you don't have, like, a prison fetish yet. Not yet. <laughs> but I haven't done, like, I think it'd be cool to, like, you know, like, chain someone to bars and then fuck them through the bars. Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a old uh, painting of a uh, of a priest and a nun having sex that way. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's through bars because I guess they were separated. I guess they re- they separated the the monastery from the um, convent. Mm-hmm. So the paintings like them having sex through bars. That's very hot. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd be really into that kind of role play. Mm-hmm. But I get to be the nun. I get to be the nun I'm, in this scenario. But I'm the top still. <laughs> but somehow the nun top. Hmm. Uh. It's basically that one movie, um, uh, the new the, that newish Paul Verhoeven film about the about the horny nun, which is based on a true story. Yeah, I I, w- I thought you were talking about that movie. We're no angels. 
Oh, well, yeah. It's that comedy movie where they, they're like guys on the run and they dress up as nuns. I yeah, think. it's uh, Sean Penn and uh, who else? There's there's two films like that. I think one of them has Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah, I think it is. I think that is. Uh, is Robert that the De- one? Yeah, and it also has John C. Riley in it. I as think well. there's also Nuns on the Run, I want to say, is mm. the other the other film. No, I think but uh, the one, um, We're, We're No, no Angels. Angels, that has Sean Penn and Robert De Niro and uh, John C. Riley. That one's a good. Oh, that used to be on TV all the time. Yeah, I I don't know if I've ever seen it. Really? Yeah, surprisingly, because mm. I I watched all the TV comedies. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah, it was like one of the ones that came on after cartoons uh, mm. at like uh, at noon, and I would watch it and I'd be like, "Why am I watching this?" <laughs> I feel that way about a lot of films that came on the TV. Although I saw some amazing films from the TV too. Like mm-hmm. they played um, Better Off Dead a bunch. The fucking I love that movie. I love that movie so much. It was also like Savage Steve Holland went and made one of my favorite cartoons of all time, Eek the Cat. That's right. He yeah. was involved in that. Yeah, that guy's a great director. Mm-hmm. He's got a vision. He's yeah. got a, a fun vision. Mm-hmm. I'm down with him. Eek the Cat, everything about it is great except for the video game. One of the worst oh, yeah. the SNES game. It makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> it seriously, it, it, it causes suicidal ideations. Yes. That's where it started for me, is Eek the Cat the game. <laughs> that, show is, that show is genius. It was so ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Like It'd be fun to revisit that. So... Am I the only one that is alone in thinking that Incredible Thunder Lizards with and the the mm. whole uh, with Bill and Theodore or whatever yeah. was that? I, I thought that was better than the Eek the Cat show. Interesting. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. Definitely felt like kind of almost a parody of like um, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Tur- Ninja Turtles because it was because it was like a um, uh, you know a, a group of like commando dinosaurs yeah with like fucking like bazookas and shit like that and so i think it was like largely parodying like american like operator culture yeah before like american operator culture really became so dominant right right definitely before black rifle coffee company and that shit like a decade before it at least it was funny like i I drove to portland uh last was it last week Mm -hmm. can't remember it was uh (laughs) um uh, I stopped at a gas station, like mm-hmm. a Bigfoot-themed gas station, and they had an entire wall of um, tactical gear. Cool. Bigfoot were... tactical gear? Oh, well, there was an entire Bigfoot novelty thing. Uh-huh. And then uh, in one aisle, you know, like when you go to a gas station, you know, they sometimes just have, like, some canned food. Right, or, right, or, right. Or, like, just some random There's always snacks. a random, or, like, the, the aisle with just, like, bandanas and shoelaces and yes. shit like that in, in, like, every Mexican bodega. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And this just had, um, like... Uh, like Scopio tactical weapon. Like, <laughs> That's how you know it's owned by a white man. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, yeah, there was just like, um, like knives, flashlights, yeah, this tactical is, pins. I was this like, is some white ass shit, right? I was here. cracking up. Yeah, and then and then it was funny. I was wearing my Bush did nine eleven hat. <laughs> like this guy gave me was like giving me this weird look. I was like, I was in line, and he stopped and looked at me. I looked at the hat. He was staring at me. I was like. Why is this guy? That I totally forgot. About? I, I feel like that's not really a huge controversial opinion. No, it's it's like at least accepted as a meme or a joke on yeah. at least the twenty percent on the right and the left. Yeah, I feel like normies don't get it. Yeah, but like everyone else, pretty much is in agreement. This guy was very it, either it's it's true or it's a funny joke. Yeah, but I was like, Which, why is this guy looking at me? Because he's like I, giving me this very weird, like mm-hmm. kind of just like bizarre look right uh, like i i personally don't <laughs> believe bush did 9-11 but everyone he knows is connected to it and if like they all benefited from it 
like greatly yeah, if I, and if they didn't do it they were stupid not to yeah <laughs> like that that's basically what it comes down to is like only like all all these shady actors that are all connected to each other and all do like speak to each other mm. fucking benefited highly from uh, and they had the Patriot ready ready to go right after mm-hmm. it happened which so. is really I mean cause especially since it's like 270 pages or whatever it's mm-hmm. like oh he just came up with that over, over overnight yeah <laughs> so you know he fucking it was like uh, when Jack Kerouac wrote on the road they just did a bunch of be- Benzedrine and yeah. fucking like just wrote it on a giant <laughs> scroll yeah, I'm like all right, put that into into a into a into a book and the, uh, yeah, and we'll fire, 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 fire at Afghanistan. <laughs> um, kitty cat. Yeah, but that's besides what we're here to talk about today. No, this we're talking about on the road by Jack Kerouac <laughs> Ooh, today. Okay, fun. Uh, I don't really remember <laughs> the book a lot, but it used to be actually one of my favorite novels. Mm. Yeah, um, it, it like highly inspired me. It has a, a certain um, I don't know sense of adventure and spirit to it, and of like cross country travel that's mostly inaccessible now. Yeah, uh, and like cross world mm-hmm. travel too, because you know like Jack Kerouac uh, became a merchant marine, mm-hmm. which you could just basically do back then. You could get go yeah. down to the docks and be like, I want to be a merchant marine. And they're like, Fine, get on a boat. We worked now, with a former merchant marine. Yeah, now it's it, it has an eight year waiting list to become a merchant marine. Wow. To to like even apply to be a merchant marine. I did consider applying to that for mm-hmm. a while. Like I was just like, should I do that? Yeah, you might age out by the time you're allowed. Yeah, I know. I was just uh, like, oh well, fuck it. And uh, yeah, because it is kind of like the military, and they will yeah. only recruit during like for a certain age range. I'm pretty sure it's like way older than the military, but yeah. still. Yeah, I, I know. What's her face had a lot of good stories about it. Donay. Oh yeah, that's right, Donay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she was cool. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah. I think I might still be friends with her on Facebook. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? You Donay know. <laughs> I Donay know. <laughs> got you. Got him. We got him. <laughs> we got Donay. All right. So, uh, wow, perfect Perfect 10 minutes there. Hells yeah. You should always skip the first 10 minutes <laughs> of every one of our podcasts. We're just we're just talking. Because I, I actually, honestly, kind of, I used to, it was like kind of an unconscious thing. It was usually like 10 or 12 minutes in, we'd actually get to the meat of the episode. Yeah. Uh, but I th- also think there's some great jokes in the beginning of the episode. We do a lot of goofs and gaffs. We, we, we're pretty goofy fellers. <laughs> well, we, we do some some goofs <laughs> and troops. We're a goof troop, you might say. Yeah, the goof troop. Yeah. I, I, I get to be Max, though. Mm. You're, you're, you're kind of a peach. Uh, you're kind of a peach. I don't even know the goof troop. No, you're, uh, you're his, what's Peach's mom? Is, were, they, were they the goof, goofy people? Were they the goof, the goof troop? No, no, the goof troop was just Max and Goofy. Because oh. Goofy's name is actually Goofy G Goof or something like that. Mm. And then Max is like Max Goof. Max Goof. Max Goof. Okay, I thought Goof Troop and then the Goofy thing was separate. But we have to be careful. We're, we're going into uh, Disney territory. Yeah. And they could easily crack down on this. Yeah. Well, we're talking about the dog, not the mouse. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. They don't, no one cares about Goofy. No, no. <laughs> I can show you all the Goofy porn to prove it. That's, oh, yeah. 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 Just like... Mac, Max's mom was banging, though. She had them mm. wide birthing hips, that itty-bitty waist, that round thing in your face. You get sprung. <laughs> you get sprung. You get sprung. Yeah. Goofy knew what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, no, that was, that was fucking Pete's wife. Pete knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. Well, well, he said Goofy's wife. 
Oh, I'm sorry, Pete's wife. Uh, Pete, Goofy didn't have a wife. He he's a widower, like canonically. Yeah, he, yes. I wonder how his wife died. I wonder if it was because he was doing something goofy. <laughs> <laughs> he was drinking and driving. <laughs> That's why he's called Goofy. Yuck, yuck, yuck. That's why he's always hiccuping. Yeah, he's always hiccuping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I killed my wife. <laughs> I, my voice is always warbling because I can't control my esophagus because I I have uh, acid reflux from drinking too much wow i can't believe you got into a drunk driving accident and killed your wife they're so that's such a goofy thing to do yeah <laughs> he goes home and does some goofy thing like just runs his car in the garage while crying and listening to her favorite song <laughs> max comes in dad no! no he opens the door and that's when he decides to not 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 do it that was such a goofy thing to do dad <laughs> don't, don't be goofy anymore <laughs> don't goof on me dad don't goof on me yeah, you could just skip the first 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say 13 at this point. 13, skip 13 <laughs> minutes. Uh, put, put that, put that, uh, that uh, disclaimer at the beginning. No. Um, <laughs> you have to find that out you're yourself. Stuck, you're stuck with this goddamn podcast. <laughs> you're stuck in here. This is your year of hell part two. <laughs> you're not trapped in here with me. I'm trapped in here. Or I'm, I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. You got it the second time. Got it. Got it. Reversed yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's cool. You did the. You goofed on that one. I goofed on that one. Like a car and running your car in the garage. <laughs> I don't even have a garage anymore. I can't even do that. Oh man, you'll have to uh, like get the hose and stick uh, it in your yeah, window. Yeah, that's the other classic way. But that's like too obvious. Like at a car park, everyone's gonna. Yeah. You got to do it at like five ten a.m. Mm. Four thirty-five a.m. <laughs> There is, I mean, there's, it's pretty active. I go to work at 3 a.m. and it's pretty active usually. No shit. Yeah, it's strange. That is strange. Yeah. We hate to see it. I know. Sometimes there's people that are just driving. You know what, you know what I hate is seeing people like running at like 4.30 in the morning. I know. Disgusting. Just hate, just hate yourself. No, no, I hate them. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, no, I mean, they hate themselves. Oh, yeah, they do. Doing no, tor like, torture. Yeah, exactly. Like, if, if you're willing to wake up and put your body through that, like, before you do anything, like, you care too much. Yeah. You care too much about something. Yeah. And, like, running's not going to fix it. <coughs> running's no. never going to fix you having to wake up at, like, 4.30 a.m. to go for a run. Running's not going to bring your wife back, Goofy. <laughs> oh Maxie Hold me Daddy can't stand Daddy yep. can't stand himself Um Yeah Do you think They probably don't allow Goofy to have a firearm do they <laughs> <laughs> You think they discriminated because he's Goofy <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Well, he's, he's a dog, so I don't think they let dogs well, buy well, guns. Have you heard the argument that he's actually a cow? I have heard that, and I don't, I don't accept. It. I don't accept it either. It's he's like he's kind of a cow in the Disney style, but he's like obviously a dog. Yeah, he's clearly a dog. He's mm -hmm. like one of the like a, like a Great Dane or something or something. Yeah. I don't know, some kind of dog, a Goofy Dane. Because yeah, he doesn't actually even kind of even look like a dog. Mm, no, kind of looks like Snoop Dogg. I, I, mean, tall, I mean, he almost has the like the coloration of like a Doberman, though, which is weird. A little bit, um, yeah, yeah. There's no dog that's really <laughs> colored like that. Now that you mention it, like there's no dog with like a peachy, fleshy nose. Yeah, a, pe a peachy face, and then yeah, a like, peachy face, and then like just like black fur. Yeah, what kind of fucking dog is he supposed to be? 
It's like a reverse like German Shepherd almost. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't know. God, I have to consult the internet about this. Yeah, that, that's a, that'd be a <laughs> disgusting looking dog. I can tell you that much. Like dogs with like peachy, fleshy faces. Actually, he has a kind of like the same coloration as a sun bear. Sun bears are cute, but yeah. he's definitely not a sun bear because sun bears are round. No. Yeah, he doesn't. He's, he's doesn't have that proportion. So anyway, instead of talking about <laughs> instead of talking about what type of dog Goofy is, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Star Trek Voyager, episode uh, nine from season four, Year of Hell, part two. Mm. And uh, if you haven't listened to our first uh, episode on this Year of Hell, part one, uh, you should go back and listen to that before listening to this. Yes. Uh, and also, thank you for skipping or listening to the Goofy section. <laughs> the, do not skip the Goofy section. And according Never. to the internet, mm-hmm. Goofy is a black and tan coon hound. Coon hound? I'm not even sure what that is. Uh, let me, show me the picture right there. I can kind of see it. Okay. I could kind of yeah. see it. Yeah. It, got, it, it has like the same color as like a... Um, as a uh, Rottweiler, almost a little bit, yeah, 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 but like a bigger, floppier ears and nose. Yeah, floppy ears and a mm. long nose. Yeah, that's a cute dog. Yeah, kind of looks like a big wiener dog. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, my brother has a wiener dog that looks like that. Yeah, that's pretty cute. Love, love a wiener dog. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Year of Hell Two, um, season four, episode six of Voyager, first aired on November twelfth, nineteen ninety seven. It's the seventy sixth episode of Voyager. <laughs> and the 491st episode of Star Trek overall. Um, this one was written by Brandon Braga, who we know mm-hmm. very well as the co-executive producer <laughs> and creator of the show, as well as DS9, mm-hmm. um, and also co-written by Joe Minoski, um, who is also like a big producer on these series. He's very well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was directed by Mike Vagar, uh, we talked about Minoski on the last one. Yeah. Um, this one was directed by Mike Vagar, who directed 31 episodes of Star Trek, including seven of DS9, 13 of Voyager, and 10 of Enterprise, and is Ronald D. Moore's personal favorite director to work with. Wow, interesting. Yeah, so good on him. Yeah, he said he's real easy to work with, and he's got a lot of expertise, mm. and he's great at putting like words into vision. Yeah, I mean, this episode was excellent, I thought. Yeah, yeah, this one really killed it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, are are we ready to get into this? Let's get into it. Day 133. <laughs> uh, when we last les- left off, Voyager was really fucked up. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, the fucking Krenim ship um, piloted by Anorex. Anorex. Anorex, played by Kurtwood Smith, uh, best known as Red Foreman. Mm-hmm. Um, they were uh, they were kind of like standing off, but uh, was this film was this during, Voyager just escaped? Was it was he filming uh, that seventy show while doing this, or was, or did seventy show come later? Uh, no, this is around the same time I think because this is yeah this is ninety seven and that seventy show mm-hmm. I think was around ninety seven to ninety nine maybe when it started. It might have been at like the exact same time. Yeah, because he looks around the same age that he did in that in that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's always looked like 45 to 55. Uh, yeah, 90, 98. 98, okay. So this yeah. is right before... Mm. Oh, that's that's an interesting factoid. Yeah. Um, so we're on a day 133 now of the year of hell. 
Nearly destroyed, and with most of the crew abandoning ship, Voyager hides in a Class Nine nebula near a temporarily fluctuating, uh, temporarily fluctuating Krenum-controlled space. The ventilation system is malfunctioning and letting nebular gas onto the decks. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> you got them farts. You got farts, man. You got, you got, you got a couple of them farts on the ship. Uh, Janeway and Harry Kim, equipped with gas masks, enter the deck. They fix some controls, but the ventilation system is too damaged to expel the gas. Uh, the two continue to repair the system, but use up their oxygen supplies. As they finish the job, they begin inhaling the nebular gas, causing extensive internal lung damage. The doctor treats Harry Kim, but Janeway is impatient and won't sit still and won't be treated, which is just, like, dumb as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Janeway enters the bridge, and Bellana Taurus reports that the starboard warp nacelle is still partially operable, but the port one is beyond repair. Janeway orders all power to getting the starboard nacelle working. The doctor tells uh, Captain Janeway she should rest uh, for the next while, the next few days, until her lungs heal. She refuses and demands an injection of trioxin to help her breathe. The doctor protests, but she orders him. The doctor reluctantly obeys, and Janeway continues working, coughing heavily. Robert Picardo steals every sing single scene he's in. Yes. He, he stole this. It was great. Mm -hmm. uh, opening credits, three minutes, 30 seconds. Also, another thing I like how, yeah, I mean, it really possibly pushes home that he's a hologram because, like, where everyone else looks dirty as fuck and mm -hmm. disgusting, like, he still looks prim and proper and just, like, always, always prim, <laughs> always proper, completely untouched. So, I, mm -hmm. I do like that sort of, like, touch to it where it's just like, yeah, of course he wouldn't look all dirty and nasty. But, yeah, he's 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 acting his ass off in this episode. Hell I love yeah. it. He fucking rocks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, after the opening credits, Chakotay, covered in stubble, uh, and I think the most bearded we ever see him is taken from a holding cell aboard the Krenim weapon ship. Mm -hmm. He is cleaned up, shaved, and given clean Krenim clothing, then brought to Anorax in his quarters. Um, so Anorax has a feast in front of him, and Chakotay asks about Tom Paris, who Anorax says is making himself difficult. <laughs> Sounds kinky. Yeah, sounds like a very Paris thing. Right, it does. Yeah, because uh, now he finds himself in prison again, mm -hmm. basically. Like right, he can't get out of jail, man. He's yeah. just a man who's destined for jail. Yeah, just de just destined to just always be locked up. But like when I when I was getting like booked into jail, uh, both times, like um, mm. there were like pretty much it. There were other guys there, and I'm like, oh, this is a jail guy. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who's definitely been to jail before and is just, like, used to jail. Mm -hmm. uh, and, like, you could just tell it walking, them walking in. There's a certain type of person mm -hmm. that you don't really see too often in commonplace, but you definitely see a lot if you're getting booked in jail. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, Tom Paris is, he doesn't look like one of those guys. He made himself a But home. he's one of those guys. He's already, like, he's doing, like, the... Um like you know we got red foreman here and we also got now we got kind of like a red from uh Sawshank redemption he's, mm. he's he's like making deals you know he, fi yeah. he finds out how the prison works like he mm -hmm. knows he's becoming like the top 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 prisoner <laughs> yeah he's, he's playing games playing games with people and like doing prison library shit yeah prison library yeah and like making friends making mm -hmm. connections yeah. yeah he's found himself uh a prison girlfriend, <laughs> Oberist, Oberist, yeah. 
It's like, Balan, I was in prison. It's fine. Yeah. It's, was he dating Balan at this point? I don't think until season yeah. five, yeah. but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, um, Chakotay asks uh, if he expects Tom Paris to act any differently after two months of captivity. And Anorak says he expected that he would at least act with some level of dignity. Which makes me think, wait a second. So they've been on the ship for two months now. And I assume that Chakotay wasn't allowed to shave for those two months. Mm -hmm. So that stubble was two months worth of beard growth for him. (laughs) That's a, that's a, they should have given him like a fake beard at least. Because that's (laughs) humiliating for two, two months of beard growth. Well, they could have just been like shaving him every once in a while. Like, all right, you get five minutes to take a bath and whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, never know. Um, they should have given him a fake beard, though. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 like, he, like sort of like how um, uh, O'Brien had when he went to the mine prison. Yeah, 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 when he had the big, like, curly, like, salt and pepper beard and <laughs> yeah. shit. It was, like, longer than his hair for some reason. Yeah. But that, I think that at that point he had been in, in, in the simulation for, like, decades. For twenty, Yeah, he was there for 20 years. His yeah. sentence was 15, but it kept him <laughs> 20 mind years. Yeah, mind years. Yeah, Which sucks, man. Yeah. You never get that time back, you know? That could be the future for ourselves. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. They just want to give people felonies and have them serve like imaginary mind time, years. And mind years, and then go right back to work. Yeah, I mean, as long as I can jerk off in the mind years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they they probably make it just like the most boring hellscape of all time, though. Mm. Like probably custom tailored, so like they they wouldn't let me have any fun in that universe. Oh yeah. Yeah, I just have to like read the you Star just, Trek you, Wikipedia for eternity. <laughs> it would be like in um, in the the one Black Mirror episode, you know, where they there's like the mind people, mm-hmm. and it's like the Star Trek parody kind of, and they don't have genitals at all, so, oh. you, so you can't. And there's just like you know, it's like you you look you pull down your pants, and there's it's like a Ken doll down there. It it always was. <laughs> it always was. That's how it's always been. <laughs> like oh, nothing's changed. Uh, so Chakotay demands to know from Anorax what uh, he wants from them, and Anorax says, information for now. Mm-hmm. Paris enters, and Anorax invites them to take part in his feast, saying that uh, they've, uh, the galley has prepared some delicacies that they'll never find anywhere else, mostly because they're from extinct species. Yeah. Uh, they accept, and Anorax pours them a bottle of the only, re- only remaining vestige of the Malkoth race. He's really laying on the charm. Yeah, he is. He's like, oh! I genocided them too. <laughs> I have, have some of their last remaining wine. <laughs> One thing I do really like about uh, the Anorex character is he, like, you know, he makes makes comment about like you know serving with dignity, and mm. and he has like all the airs of being very sophisticated and smart, and mm. he's just like completely brutal and detached from the from the from um from the crimes he's actually committing, just mm. like just like wiping out entire civilizations and, yeah and with without even blinking yeah because he's like scientific. he's just bureaucratic and, and like mathematical about it yeah. which is why we can't put engineers in charge <laughs> yeah. of government yeah it's a bad idea because when they start thinking about how to engineer people that's when we get things like the holocaust yeah the holocaust yeah he's he's completely detached from 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 the horrors he commits and mm-hmm. just like yeah and and then, yeah, presents himself as a very sophisticated, educated, like, you know, kind of kind of person. Enlightened. Enlightened. And that Chakotay yeah. does mention he's enlightened to Paris. Yes. Which yeah. is wrong. Come on, Chakotay. <laughs> Ch- Chakotay's such a fucking bootlicker. He sees a strong man, and he's like, I got to respect that. Yeah. I got to respect him because 
they're in charge. My people have been historically genocided and wiped out. <laughs> but this genocide guy, this genocide I kind of like what he's saying. He's making lots of sense. Yeah, he's me. making some good points. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. Um, so um, everything else of theirs has simply never existed. Everything else in the meal, uh, thanks to the temporal wave. Um, all those civilizations. Anorax recalls taking artifacts from every civilization he has erased, calling his ship more than a weapon, but a museum of lost histories, which was a really cool line. Yeah. And a really interesting concept, too. Yeah, serial killer trophies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, it's it's like the British Museum. Yeah, Let's be British honest. Museum, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the British Museum. Uh, yeah, things stolen from places they wiped out. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well done. Um, so Anorak says he's decided to spare Voyager and alter the timeline to restore Voyager, thus achieving both his and Chakotay's goals. But in order to make the necessary calculations, Anorak needs information on the Delta Quadrant, what races they encountered, and how their presence affected any worlds with which they come in contact. Mm. But it's like, how would they know necessarily everything, you know? I know, yeah, it, it, it makes it seem like it's there's um, more precision that goes into these decisions. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they are just whole out, just like erasing entire civilizations from their core and like right. basically wiping. So as if they never existed, and, and especially like a warp capable um, alien species, they, their influence can can affect things in so many different ways. Exactly. Like imagine if you wiped out humanity. Yeah. <laughs> like in the Star Trek universe, that would like alter every single thing. Yes. Like every single thing in the Alpha, Beta, mm -hmm. Gamma, and Delta Quadrant. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, so, I don't know. It's all fucked up. It's all fucked up, homie. All fucked up. All fucked up, homie. So, um, Paris is incredulous, positing that Anorax hasn't destroyed Voyager yet because he lost it. Damn. Damn. And fucking Paris just keeps dropping awesome bombs this episode. He does. Like, he, he is just a catty bitch, but, like, every line he has... <laughs> is a fucking mic drop it's it sick as fuck it rules uh-huh um so anorax threatens to destroy voyager unless the men cooperate paris says no starfleet officer would entertain such an offer and he's completely correct about that yeah he stands up he's like i'm done yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. where our conversation's done here yeah like, he's like i'm i'm not gonna help you uh wipe out countless civilizations yeah. bye <laughs> Sit down, Paris. Whoa, let's, whoa, let's whoa! Hear, let's hear the guy out. I'm sorry. You, uh, you were saying genocide? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want to hear the rest of this because yeah. he could have a point here. You know what? He's a very reasonable genocider. Yeah, like, uh, this well, guy ain't no Hitler. Yeah, do like, you think Hitler would lay off, lay out the spread for us? Yeah, of of, of uh, you know, food from civilizations he's completely destroyed from the face of the from yeah the face yeah of you history. think hitler would eat matzo balls come on get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah, get hitler, the fuck out of here hitler wouldn't be serving us matzo balls you yeah. know like come on now yeah um, he's, he's an enlightened he's an enlightened uh man mm -hmm. but uh but chakotay orders paris to stay <laughs> what he asks anorax if he can restore voyager without hurting anybody anorax says it's possible but extremely difficult Paris scoffs and refuses Chakotay's order to stay. Fucking walking a wolf. Good man. Tom uh, Paris is correct. He is. I mean, he's always correct in every single interaction with Chakotay. Yeah. Uh, Tom Paris is a complicated <laughs> character because I think he's written pretty poorly often. Yeah. Uh, but, like, everyone writing him here knew what to do with Tom Paris. Yes. He's supposed to be roguish and flippant. 
Yes. And, like, that's his character. He's the one who should have never, like, mm. he should have been more of, like, a, a Harry Kim. Yeah. Where he's really good at what he does, but the reason he never advances is because he's so fucking flippant. Yeah, like, you know, like, we want to promote you, but you're also just, like, you, you, uh, you, you buck uh, authority often. Yes. And you, and you typically, you know, you do things that are right, but they're not, they're against, like, what you're ordered to do. And... And he does have that sort of like that sort of trend, and I think that works mm-hmm. very well for him. And um, but yeah, that typically not written that way. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's typically like a lot more like bumbling fedora guy. Yes, who's yeah. like who's always just like well, an <laughs> antique truck that's in in, in space. Yeah, I'm gonna read yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like he's the guy who always like has a scheme. Uh, he's like uh, was it Ed, Ed or maybe it's. Yeah, Ed and Ed, Ed and Eddie, mm. or is it Eddie? No, the one who always has a scheme. Oh, yeah, the yellow the lead one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're all kind of the lead, right? Yeah, there's Ed, and then there's Double D, and then Eddie. Yeah, it's yeah. not Double D. Yeah, Double D is the weird one. Yeah, right? Ed is the leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. It's but yeah, he's he's a rebel with a heart of gold. He is. He is, yeah. and we like Tom Paris. Yeah. I, I wish they didn't like make him really into classic black and white films because that made him a dork. Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, like his his romance with Bellana, kind of dorky. Didn't love it. Yeah, and uh, and they really should have written more him, like kind of just also like relating more with the Maquis, mm-hmm. like as like they are also just very rebellious, rebellious, mm-hmm. and for good reasons. Yeah. So it's like he would have seen a lot of kinship, especially if they had written Chakotay better. Yeah. As actual like kind of like a, you know, you know, a sort of like a you know piratey and and just sort, yeah. sort of like they the, should have made him piratey. They should have made him piratey. Yeah. And, and just kind of like you know scheming and also again another character that's very. It's just very um, rebellious, but, you know, does, like, for the right reasons. Robert Beltran has put in good performances before, and he does in this episode. Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't know if you've seen Eating Raul. No, I haven't. He plays Raul, I think. And oh, he's, really? he's very good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, I think it predates this. Yeah. Um, he, he cared about that. He didn't care about stuff. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I so, guess I guess they maybe like just juiced him up a little for this because he did mm. he did he did have he did have like a performance you could call it a performance you could definitely call it a yeah. performance. So um, Anorax compliments Chakotay on his ability to perceive time, and he's obviously manipulating him. Yeah, uh, Chakotay Chakotay accepts his offer to learn uh, temporal mechanics and temporal calculations. The two seal the deal with a toast. Ooh. Uh-huh. Back on Voyager, Janeway toasts her senior officers with an elixir of endurance, uh, as Neelix calls it, which is a cocktail Neelix devised using ration cubes, water, and talaxian spices. I like how that, that, that idea just sucks. It's It sounds <laughs> terrible. It's like, hey, I made uh, curry-flavored protein drinks for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no. Yeah, it's like taking a like bullion cube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just mixing water and then a bunch of shitty spices. In right, it. right. Just be like, drink up, everybody. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. It's like, oh, this just tastes like a fucking a single bullion cube yeah. with, with like eight ounces of water. Yeah. It needs more water. <laughs> just, this used to be vanilla-flavored, but, uh, you know, now it tastes like a potato. Yeah. Like, dude, <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, Janeway asks about the system updates and the doctor has repaired an error in his program. Mm. You ain't got no errors, baby. <laughs> yeah. He's perfect just the way he is. We love you, doctor. He's awesome. 
Harry Kim reports the power grid is operating at one third and would take a few more days to get to one half capacity. Mm. Bolana Torres informs Janeway it'll take at least three weeks to fix the starboard warp nacelle. Janeway realizes they'll be forced to continue hiding in the nebula, but decides they must leave the next morning. Seven objects, but Janeway is resolute. Janeway leaves and Tuvok points out to Seven that it's inappropriate to second-guess the captain, even if her logic is flawed. Mm. Do you think her logic's flawed? I mean, I think they should have stayed hidden until like they were capable enough to at least putting up some defense yeah I because totally uh otherwise it's suicide like suicide it's suicide. a suicide <laughs> like yeah just being like well you know what everything's fucked up and doesn't work mm-hmm. what if we just uh, go out open space and expose ourselves to danger why not yeah or just expose ourselves in public yeah <laughs> which also has consequences i found out <sighs> we found out brother <laughs> That's the we started this uh, this podcast in, in jail. Yeah, yeah. This is this is now our community service. Yeah, to the yeah, world. yeah. Um. <laughs> our, 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 yeah, our penin- penance. Mm-hmm. Day one hundred and sixty-one. We're back on the Krenim ship, and Chakotay is doing some temporal incursion calculations. He's trying out an incur- uh, incursion to erase a comet that Voyager. Uh, changed course to avoid eight months prior that will prevent it from ever entering Krenim space in the first place. Okay, how how big is this motherfucking comet? Yeah. This comet, like, they have to, like, they're, they're going around, like, star systems in order <laughs> to avoid a comet. Yeah. So, presumably, this comet is bigger than a star system? <laughs> That'd be funny if, like, you look actually look at like you know it takes 63 years to get home mm-hmm. and then just like looking at you know what guys if we just stop dodging these comets that are mobile in space mm-hmm. like we can be home in like five days yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we're taking all these like back roads you know just to get to, to get to the same location yeah like, they're just ping, ping ponging around yeah <laughs> going <laughs> treading I back go around this planet yeah Got to, got to go, uh, f- go, go 43 years in this one direction and get around. Tom Paris just does not understand how to fly a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. He thinks it's like an airplane. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, we got to avoid any objects. We can't get near it. It's like, I just completely lied about my credentials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> F- fuck them. They hired me from prison. I, yeah. I wanted to get out. Okay. I'm part of that prison work program. I could have gone done Soy Trek, but instead I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh fucking that's a huge ass comment but to anorax chills chakotay to simulate it anyway it is funny like chakotay does do like the lib thing instead of like saying fuck you anorax mm-hmm. he's like trying to reform anorax yeah yeah he's like oh it's not it's not necessarily what they're doing here is wrong yeah it's the person doing it is doing it the wrong way yeah exactly he's, he's and like, we, so know, we gotta we gotta train him like just we gotta train cops better because it's not the system that's broken yeah it's not the system that's broken uh, uh it's, it's individual bad actors yeah it's like oh if i just show anorex a better way I can I can maybe get around this, and meanwhile everyone else has the right idea. Like, no, I, fuck I, I can change him. I can change him. I yeah. can change him. Yeah, Chakotay is, does go rather because like you initially think like Chakotay is doing it just to get close to Anorex, mm-hmm. so you can no, no, stab he's, him in the back. he's a he's a, a BPD girlfriend. Yeah, he's he's seriously like all in on the Anorex, mm-hmm. and 
It's very, very strange. It is very strange how quickly he licks the boot. Yes. He's like, oh, I can get a feast I can and I can, <laughs> I can shave my non-stubble every day. I like, can show Anorex a better way of like if we we're just like mix, missing with a timeline, uh, but not erasing entire cultures. He'll listen to me. He'll listen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Chakotay is such a liberal doofus. Yeah. And you were, you were trying to say earlier that like Chakotay like was doing okay in this. Like he, I mean, he I eventually. Meant, like, a- I meant acting. Oh, the, oh, acting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like not he, he not has, actions. He, Gotcha. Has, he has things to do. True, he does. Yes. Yeah, but but what he does is some weak ass bullshit yes. for the most part until yes. the very end. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, he, he he he's acting. He has he has he's making decisions and he's mm-hmm. doing actions. Yeah, that those actions aren't good, but you can no. kind of follow what he's doing. Yeah. Speaking of not good, uh, when Chakotay simulates his calculation, he finds out that erasing the comet also erases erases eight thousand species along with it. Yeah. Uh, Anorax explains that four billion years ago, fragments of the comet crashed into a planet and created life, which in turn evolved into complex space-time faring civilizations. So by erasing the comet, he erases all those civilizations. It was also done in a uh, Strange New Worlds episode. Yeah, yeah, like, it was. Yeah, yeah, the comet goes and uh, Not, sprinkles on stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What there was the comet was in the title of that episode, right? Yeah, it's like Night of the Comet or yeah, something like yeah, yeah. yeah it just goes by and sprinkles little little spores on the place. Yep, this does a little cum on it. <laughs> uh, so. Anorak says he made a similar mistake when he erased Rilnar, who had previously removed the Krenim Imperium in order to take back power, uh, which his plan succeeded in bringing the Krenim back to power, but also led to 50 million Krenim dying of a plague mm-hmm. because the, um, the Rilnar had like an antibody in their system that like uh, helped the Krenim live and without that race ever existing, that antibody disappeared and so a plague immediately happened to them. Yeah, he, he it, that's why I like he says like oh it's like this this very like precise and like you know thing calculated calculated uh. thing it's like homie you're just you're deleting entire thing people out like yeah like it's going to irrevocably fuck everything up like who's to say even with like out this rival like you know even this rival planet like your people even like develop certain technologies that mm-hmm. you need to survive or anything like right yeah it's just like you know if you ri- erase everyone then I don't know. It's 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 very silly stuff. Yeah, I think I think the ultimate lesson of this episode is maybe uh, quick, quick, quick question authority. Question authority. Question authority. Maybe wrong. Yeah. Maybe Let's real wrong. Do some self crit anorex. Like, yeah. Maybe you're the problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's he's you know he, he he realizes the answer was in front of him all along. Right. I mean anorex. Like <laughs> if uh, if you meet one asshole a day, maybe they're the asshole. If you're meeting assholes. All day, Anorex, you're the asshole. If this entire planet's assholes, maybe you're the asshole. Yeah, you point Anorex. at them that, that they're the asshole. Guess what, Anorex? Yeah, yeah. There's four fingers pointing right back at you, buddy. Oh, what's up? <laughs> what's up? Love that. Uh, <laughs> that was a very visual reference. You have to yeah. imagine it, folks. You have to imagine me pointing. Yeah. 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 Or point yourself and look at the fingers. Look where they go. Unless you have less than five fingers. Yes. Then then you know that's Sup- cool first off that's cool um supplement with the fingers from your other hand you know unless you have less <laughs> than five fingers altogether. oh yeah and that's cool too yeah it's cool yeah yeah good good job mm-hmm. yep 
atmospheric ninja turtle that naturally has four fingers. <laughs> or like polydactyl people. Polydactyl people. Yeah, yeah. Some people have four fingers, and yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a unique. Mm-hmm. It's a unique thing. Nature is like, hey, guess what? <laughs> Doing this weird thing. And you're like, well, now I got weird hands. All right. Weird's fine, man. Yeah. Yeah. Own it. Some people are totally into that. That's true. If I was, yeah, if I had a pussy, I'd love to get finger banged by a polydactyl. Hmm. I think that'd be super interesting. <laughs> and big old thick finger. Hmm. It's like a big dick finger. Yeah. Think how cool a dick finger would feel. I'd probably feel like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. You got yeah. it like a dick that's always hard. I mean that, is, that, I mean, that is like, did did uh, did Mark Cushman write um, Edward Scissorhands, Edward Penis Hands? He didn't write Edward Penis oh, Hands, no. Damn. We won't talk about that, sorry. Oh, damn. <clears throat> We'll get to that list, though, and I'm going to read out every single one, see if I missed any. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I already sent it to him and said, oh, that's that's the question I'm asking. That's the question. And he approved it. So. All right. Here we go. Um, listen to that episode after this, because yes. it's going to be good. It's going to be good now. So Anorak says he seeks a calculation that would correct his very first miscalculation, thus bringing back the 50 million Kremen at the cost of countless billions. Anorak says, together with Chakotay, they can restore both the Krenum Imperium and Voyager and undo the damage that he has caused. Then Anorak takes him to see the temporal core, his penis. Whoa! Yeah, that's what he calls it, the temporal core. <laughs> it's like, I've been doing a core workout. That's jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> on one of those little balancing boards. Uh-huh. Like a mat. Like or, or a cutting board. On a cutting board. Uh-huh. In, a, in a professional <laughs> kitchen. Hmm. Day 180. <laughs> a micrometeoroid shower hits Voyager and destroys the hull. It just fucks it up so bad. On the bridge, Janeway asks Taurus if the engines are available to move them out of the shower's path. Guess what? They ain't. Fucked. There's not enough power to use the navigational deflectors either. Jane- That's why I don't understand why she decided to leave because, yeah, like, the deflector shields are absolutely necessary for all the debris in space. Right. Like, you hit that going any sort of, like, you know, going a certain speed or whatever. It's going to fuck up everything. Right. It's like, you know what? Let's go out with the deflector shields. Why not? Mm -hmm. You know, like, there's, like, you know, a mini meteoroid shatter. Let's just run full head into that. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, Janeway decides to go fix the deflector controls down in deflector control, which Tuvok warns is too hazardous. Janeway goes down and does some capital A acting, very tense stuff with a bunch of fire around and Mm -hmm. shit. Uh, Harry Kim reports the shower is growing and a nacelle pylon is about to buckle. Janeway orders Tuvok to engage the shields and tells the doctor she'll be coming back with severe burns as she charges into the fire. (laughs) And this was pretty sick. And the doctor's like, no! (laughs) Like, what? No, don't do that. That's crazy. (laughs) This is another thing, like you know, like you know, I think we've talked before about how like there's kind of like a lack of safety supplies on starships. Absolutely, just like you know, no, no seat belts, no anything, especially. And I feel like also, especially around vital areas, uh, you know, vital systems Mm -hmm. of of the ship, you know, like you know, deflector array or whatever she was going in. Like there should be some sort of like environmental suit yeah. that she, she could wear because like yeah this pl- this place probably would catch fire mm-hmm. and, a, and in an emergency you need to get in there so yeah. it's just like why wouldn't you want a 
a sort of a environmental suit or some some sort of protection to put on. You know what they should have had is the the force field belts that they had in oh. Star Trek TAS <laughs> yeah. that were seen there and then uh, never seen again. Yeah, yeah, force field belt. She would have been fine. She would have been like, yeah, I'll just go in and fix this. Fucking I. Because yeah, that that is that is one thing. You know, it's like where you know you have some science fiction. You know, sort of like you know the Expanse or like two thousand one Space Odyssey, where like mm-hmm. there's a lot of detail put into just like okay well what would what would people require in these sort of situations mm-hmm. that you just kind of don't see in like star trek a lot where it's like you know true it's 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 sort of like an iphone type future where it's just like it looks very sleek and you don't see yeah yeah like, <laughs> see like of- all the things that like should really matter in space don't yeah. necessarily matter yeah like it, it's very minimalist yeah. almost in a way yeah. yeah yeah um yeah which is fine and that's kind of like why I like the more technical stuff and the mm-hmm. minutia and shit like that, yeah. and especially when they go like further into races and stuff like that, yeah. which is why I love D- like DS9 so much yeah. is because it's like they've got so many very complex races that they really fully analyze. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, the gadgets and and that stuff is is sort of like a uh, something. It's a forgotten. plot device. It's a plot device. It's, it's, it's like, all the techno babble or plot devices in order to push the plot along. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still, it's like, yeah, you would want an environmental suit there. You know what? Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, you know. Small like, crit. Small crit. Yeah, yeah, small crit. <laughs> so, um, Janeway charges into the fire, and on the bridge, Harry Kim watches Janeway from a monitor fix the shields, and Tuvok puts them up and stops the micrometeoroids uh, pronto. Mm-hmm. Tuvok hails Janeway, but she don't respond. She dead. She dead. She dead. No, she's just unconscious yeah. on the floor, flames all around her. Getting, and she burned as fuck. She's burned. She yeah. is they put her in the fryer. Yeah, they yeah, she's in a slow cooker and she's being slow cooked at three hundred and fifty degrees. Oh, yeah, she's she's getting Kenny Rogers roasted. Yeah. <laughs> she's coming out and just a brisket that's just falling off the bone. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking like yeah. Uh, Neelix like starts ringing a dinner. Yeah, like, and ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> Neelix goes to save her and he's like is anybody else hungry? Uh, well, wait a second. Let her cook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I say. Slow and low. Slow, slow and low. Just goes and puts a couple onions under, <laughs> under, under armpits. Puts an apple in her mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it takes out, it takes out some seasoning and like sprinkles her in. Like, okay, 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 all right. Anybody else here use Lowry's? It's great on everything. It's great on everything. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to whip up a sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Is everybody okay with mayo? Everybody? Everybody? All right. Okay. Mayo marshmallow sauces. <laughs> Mayo marsh- marshmallow ketchup sauce. <laughs> Leola Rue ketchup, baby. <laughs> um, so Janeway wakes up in the mess hall. Uh, the doctor shooting her up with some hypo spray. Is, is space fentanyl. Yeah, space fent. She on that space vent and she is zoned. <laughs> she is just like... <laughs> and the doctor's like... Yes, you're awake. And she's like, It's a good thing the Universal Translator uh, translates fit speak. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, it's just like, Whoa, man. Whoa. Sup. Have my hands always been this big? <laughs> yes, actually. Um, so Jamie wakes up in the mess hall. The doctor shooting her up with hypo spray. She's got third degree burns, or she got third degree burns on sixty percent of her body, which in this day and age would fucking kill her. Yeah, yeah, that's that's insane. The burns. Um, 
The doctor healed most of them, though, but doesn't have a dermal regenerator, so her, so her face and arms are scarred. You think anywhere else is scarred? Think her butthole? No, probably. Only 60% of her body, she they at least got the butthole out of the titties. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't, and she's wearing, like, uh, sort of like a tank top almost. and mm -hmm. But yeah, but mostly you just see, like, her face and her arms get, like, the, the, most of the scarring. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. She pretty. She yeah. was she was pretty. Yeah. Now she's pretty burnt. <laughs> she's pretty burnt. Got it. <laughs> Janeway gets up to go back to work, but the doctor says he wants a few days for observation and thinks she has basically PTSD. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I'm surprised everyone that doesn't have it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the doctor threatens to pull the doctor card on her and uh, take her off duty. She threatens to turn him off. Which is pretty rare and fucked up of her. Yeah. And not really like her. Um, but the doctor thinks this is further proof of her mental condition. Janeway uh, apologizes and says she doesn't intend to turn him off, but still tries to leave. So the doctor, as chief medical officer, officially relieves her from duty. Mm. She asks how he intends to enforce that, <laughs> uh, being that, like, fucking Tuvok is the only security left on the ship. And uh, he says that she faces a court martial, mm. but also he's a hologram. He could beat the shit out of Tuvok. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I do, I do, and he's and Tuvok's blind. Yeah, true, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so. Yeah, she didn't bring that up, but that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. But like it, it. Uh, I do love this scene because yeah, it just like speaks to like uh, the situation they're in, where it's just like you know. They're still kind of. They still feel like beholden to like the laws of their society, you know, mm -hmm. and, and of the Federation. But it's like those are completely out the window. It's just like you know, you know, like he, if she knows like he's speaking sense, but it's just like, like necessity dictates she be actually still work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she doesn't have. She doesn't have the luxury to like take a couple of days off. Yeah, she. <laughs> she should have just been like. Thanks, doctor, but I don't have time to fuck around. Yeah. I don't have time because we're, we're dealing with a temporal program yeah. to fuck around with you right now. And we're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but no, seriously, you can't go back to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Day 207. <laughs> Janeway and Neelix walk through the fucked up corridors doing a damage assessment. They find Chakotay's quarters, and he still has a pocket watch uh, that she ordered him to recycle, and four and a half pounds of marijuana. <laughs> that explains why he's, so, he's like, so distant. So uptight, too. Yeah, 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 because he's just like, you know, he doesn't want to be known as the guy with weed, so yeah. he is the narc. Yeah. he's uh, When he's being a narc, that's when he's not high. He's, like, irritable. Mm -hmm. He's just like... I'm gonna Wish kill Paris with his gambling schemes. I fucking gotta be at work, but like I want to get high right now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's how I feel every day. Yeah, <laughs> every day. Every day. So yeah, it takes out on Paris. Yeah, I I take it out on Paris too. Paris, France, though. Par <laughs> yeah, I write a lot of emails. Yes. Yeah, to foreign dignitaries. Mm. Letting them know my feelings. President Z, you may fire when ready. End <laughs> <laughs> it all. Um, so, um, they find Chakotay's quarters and he still has the pocket watch that, uh, Janeway ordered him to recycle mm. saying that it was, you know, could mean someone's life. So Chakotay just doesn't really respect the crew's lives. No, 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 no. no. 
like rules for thee and not for me much, right? That's 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 why I also did find it so funny. Like he was hurt that she said to recycle it. Mm-hmm. It's a replicated item, right? You can and he's like, "Oh, I made it months ago." Yeah, great that you thought of it months ago, but you just thought of you fucking three D printed something for me. <laughs> that's that's kind you, of a you gift. Can, you can put it in there mm-hmm. and then re replicate it later, right? <laughs> it's it's it, it's like it's like like once once everything's back to normal, you can re replicate it. It's mm-hmm. Not a not a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chicote is not very bright. No, it's not like it's not like a. a like a little clay pot that he made himself or something right. like that he killed. Kuchimaya. Yeah, and then Kuchimaya that he that he molded and and uh, kilned and, mm-hmm. and painted himself. You know, it's not like a personal work of art. It's a three D printed item from from right. from from the void. Right. It's, it's it's a it's a tulpa of a um of a of a pocket watch. Yeah, it's not like a homemade mold uh, <laughs> replication dildo of his penis yeah. that he. <laughs> He had to be hard for like 20 minutes for to put in the, the silicone mold as it hardened around him. Yes. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. And and really, that's what the gift he should have gotten, Janeway, because they did, they did mess up and not give it, making them have a romantic relationship. I, I mean, it. I have two minds about it. I mean, one, Chakotay's a fucking narc and sucks. Yeah. They didn't write him well. Like, if, if they wrote him like specifically as like a bottom-type character... And like mm-hmm. they made him just a little like sissy boy, like I would have liked that because then Janeway obviously tops, <laughs> so it would have made sense in that yeah. context. But he's like such a rules cop, and I, such a such a tight it, ass. I, I think if we had pirate Chakotay, I think he would have been like dashing and and charismatic. Right, enough. but we didn't have pirate Chakotay. Not have at all. Chakotay. We had him for like a an episode in the first season, and that's it. Yeah. But if it was like a charismatic pirate Chicote, that was like you could understand the attraction because like when mm-hmm. they, you know they pair him with seven and nine, it's just like ew, and you know it just you can't see him like having any sort of romantic relationship. But no, like, you can't because he's he doesn't feel very human. But I do feel like they if they did have to have like that sort of like romantic um, storyline like. Janeway and Chakotay would have made sense because like it, it would have made more sense than him seven and seven, nine, yeah. way more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have made sense in the end if he was in love with Tom Paris. <laughs> That's why he's always coming down so hard on yeah. him is because he wants Tom Paris to come down hard in his throat. Yes, yes, yes. Com- yeah. yeah, he would have been that, – that would have been that would have been a great Hail Mary type thing to put in the last episode. And then he, yeah. like, he leaves Bolana and then, like, um, they mm-hmm. – uh, they, they, It they, gives they, Endgame a whole new meaning. Yeah. <laughs> they it's become, a rear Endgame. They, they, they leave. Uh, they leave Starfleet and become gay dads, raising <laughs> raising Tom and Blana's child. Yeah, yeah. I, I nice. love that. Yeah. yeah. And and also they they also raise Harry Kim. Yeah, they also they raise adopt Harry Kim. Harry Kim. Yeah, Harry Kim just is like is sort of like the Uncle Joey. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. just lives at their house and kind of just does his. Um, does no, his, that's that's Joey. He does his, does his failing puppet puppet. Um, uh, show <laughs> that was not failing. He got that all the way to fucking America's Funniest People, That's the true. America's Funniest Home Videos ripoff and, show, and, and also in Full House, Uncle Joey did. He had, got his own uh, show. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, it's weird how like everyone on their base got a TV show eventually. Yeah, and also like they all achieved like a huge level of success, overwhelming res- success in their respective fields, mm-hmm. and then never moved out of that house. I know it's great. <laughs> like like Uncle Joey raised a whole other family in the attic yeah i mean it was a spacious attic and i mean this day and age that's the only way they could do it as successful as they are in san francisco that that house had to be the size of an apartment building 
Yeah, like, I mean it was. It's yeah. huge. It, it, it like just like to house that. It, like I think there's had to be like a dozen people living in that house at some point. Uh, let's see. We got one, two, three for the kids. We got Danny. We got uh, Joey. We got Jesse. We got Jesse's wife. Jesse's twins. Uh, so that's nine. Comet. Uh, that's a dog. Still, he's a huge dog. It's a golden retriever. Bullets a car. So we'll <laughs> count eleven. Wow. Uh-huh. So yeah, t- Kim, Kimmy Gibbler practically lives Kimmy there. Kimmy Gibbler 12. basically lives there. Yeah. God damn, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that just due to the time they couldn't show Joey's gay lover, or yeah. his perhaps 16 year old lover as he likes him. I mean, he had a girlfriend, I think, at some point, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But then she dumped him because he's an asexual. Because he and where did he, he wanted to put, he wanted to do puppet play. He was like, "Oh, I'm gonna stick with my my furry hand did, in your pussy." Did, did Joey end up living in the basement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was the basement dweller. He always lived in the basement. Oh, he, he lived in the living room at, in the first season. He did, but then he went down one of the seasons, which is also to, very weird for him to live in, and especially how big the house ended up turning out to be. Yeah, and they made him sleep in the living room. Right. And Jesse slept downstairs. Well, that's the thing is they're like, well, Jesse, we're going to give you the room because you have a chance of having sex. Yeah, yeah. Joey, on the other hand, you can sleep in a communal area because, I mean, does it matter to you? Like, come on, you do puppets. They just give him a shower curtain to jerk off. Because <laughs> like, yeah, but you can't use the bathroom. Hey, Joey, we're going to watch a movie. Okay, I'm going to be behind my shower curtain. <laughs> I'm gonna be curtain off. <laughs> be curtain off now. Um. Oh yeah. Do we count the puppet as another person? Like, like dep- I mean, he's got too many puppets to count, though. Yeah. It's there not is. just one puppet. Mm. Yeah. He's a puppet master. He probably had say. sex with the puppet. That's what the, wouldn't it be great if the puppet master was about him <laughs> <laughs> or Jeff Dunham? Yeah, Jeff Dunham. <laughs> Puppet. I'm gonna make a meme that's puppet master, and it's just Jeff Dunham's face. Uh, Joey was the blueprint for Jeff Dunham. Kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of, but not like racist or anything. Not, I, not racist. I, I've seen uh, Dave Coulier do stand up. Like I mm. saw him do a full like hour and a half, and he actually kind of killed. Okay, he's good at impressions and shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. that makes sense that why uh, Lannis Morissette gave him a blowjob in a movie theater. Yeah, when she was like 17 or whatever. Wow, really. Yeah, it was when she was really young. It was kind of fucked was up. Was he the same age? No, he was like in his 30s. What? Yeah, he did a Jerry Seinfeld with Atlantis Morris, that man. Wow. Uh-huh. Ooh, creepy. Uh-huh. <laughs> he ought to know. You're looking that up now. <laughs> <laughs> How old was Dave Goulier? Coulier. Coulier? I think that's Dave Goulier. Coulier. Coulier. C O U L I E R or something. Mm, I, but I thought it had some weird pronunciation. It's Coulier. Well, it's it's spelled Coulier, but it's Coulier. 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 Dave Coulier. Cool. Coulier. Coulier. Because he's cool. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um So on the Kremen ship, Paris is playing a board game with Obrist. Paris, having never played before, somehow wins, and Obrist says. It was his brother's favorite game sequence. Mm. Playing some Smash Bros, I'm sure. Hells yeah. Uh, He he says he used to celebrate his brother's birthday until 100 years ago when he realized he was celebrating birthdays not just for dead people, but people who had never existed. Yeah. Paris sympathizes with him in a truly unique, good Paris moment. That's like a heartfelt Paris moment. Yeah, that's a thing. Like, whereas, like, 
Chakotay is just like you know, like you know, we got to help the genocider do this, do this like a little better. Yeah. Instead, Chakotay, like uh, Paris, is actually like, like, bonding with these people. He's, I mean, he's doing it almost for nefarious reasons, but well, he, he, but, he, he genu- but he genuinely feels compassion for this guy. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and he, yeah, he's he's he wants to he, help him. He's doing agitation is what he's doing. Yes. Which is never a bad thing. No. Like, yeah, yeah, what he's doing is, like, sedition against this fucking genocidal government. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, definitely the right thing to do because, like, you know, he can't fucking take over the ship or do anything alone. Yeah. That's just going to get him fucking yeah, killed. He's, he's, he's winning the hearts and minds mm-hmm. of the people on the ship. Exactly. And so he's he's basically unionizing them against Anorax. Yes. <laughs> so I see this episode just as I see Bar Association mm. in that it is strictly Marxist. Yeah. <laughs> not really he does he does dom does it does do a great job of like of 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 uh of manipulating the dude but mm-hmm. you know for his but the dude was already he no he was already there he, he already wanted there. to he wanted to be manipulated like, he was looking for a fucking excuse i mean they're living on on this damn stupid ship for, for 200, 200 fucking years yeah and it doesn't seem like there's any babes on the ship no just 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 a bunch of grumpy dudes mm-hmm. doing math Yep. And, and I, they stay I, the same age. I couldn't do that for 200 years. I'd be like, get me off! Get yeah. me out of this! Uh, imagine having to like live here and do Soy Trek for 200 years. <laughs> <laughs> that's your purgatory. That's my purgatory. That's, <laughs> that's where you're going when you die. Patrick, you have been here for 200 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? We're doing 14 more episodes today. <laughs> but that's only because we're going till midnight and tomorrow starts. Yes. <laughs> Um, no, I think my purgatory is like I'm like on the Joe Rogan show, mm. but I'm the guy who just pulls everything up. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, Britt, pull that up. And I'd, uh, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll pull something up. Zip. I'll pull something out. Yeah, or I'll, I'll pull something up. <laughs> Goodbye, Joe. Goodbye. Yeah, I was thinking about the other day about how much I hate Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And it was just. It's such an awful, awful show, and and it's clear that it's also being like, it was it was definitely astroturf from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I feel just to get to to build up this sort of like following that he has mm-hmm. when he just is the worst. It's it's weird because I know some like pretty intelligent people who listen to him, and whenever I ask them why they listen to him, their answer is pretty much categorically the same. Oh, he has some interesting guests, and I tell them. Hey, you know the search function on on like any podcast app? You can put that guest name in, and I guarantee you, if they've been on the Joe Rogan show, they've been on other shows. Yeah. And you can listen to those better shows. Yeah. You can listen to more intelligent people, ask them more thoughtful, more well-researched questions, because Joe Rogan is not very thoughtful, and he's not very well-researched. He's a no. dumb motherfucker. No, he's, like, he's a pretty bad interviewer. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I just don't understand. And then, of course, then what the what are the interesting guests like Jordan Peterson? Mm. (laughs) Yeah, right. And he's not like um, you know I'm not a big fan of Mark Maron necessarily, but I think he's a good interviewer. Mm. You know, whereas just Joe Rogan, I don't I don't fucking get it. Yeah, yeah. Me either. So in Chakotay's quarters, he's still doing temporal calculations. Paris comes in and says he's obtained information about the ship's defense systems, which are weak, except it fluctuates out of space-time. Paris wants to stoke mutiny on the ship and disable the temporal core, leaving the ship vulnerable to attack. Chakotay is against it and orders him not to, choosing Anorak's offer instead, because he's a fucking bootlick. Yeah. 
Paris tells him to fuck off and that Anorax is manipulating him. Chakotay orders him to stand down, but Paris tells uh, uh, Paris asks if he's going to take away his holodeck privileges <laughs> in a truly, truly an even sicker burn than Janeway just got. Yes. Like it, it was, I laughed out loud. I watched this episode like three times and I laughed out loud each time he does it. Yeah. And because it, it just illustrates what a useless person Chakotay is. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and he it's like highlighting like the, the gripes that he has with Chakotay back on Voyager in that Chakotay is literally just officer buzzkill. Yes. Like he's, he's the fucking vice cop of the ship. He's not doing anything productive. No, he's or- doing the work that like maybe Tuvok should be doing but maybe shouldn't be because it's useless he's just like breaking up a little gambling ring and shit like that things people are doing for fun yeah he never has any moments where he just truly comes off as a leader no and maybe with the Maquis yeah Yeah. like briefly in the beginning where I think they conceptualized his character a little Mm -hmm. bit better instead of just like you know just like working around Beltran's like kind of just like disinterest and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just like refusal to do anything Mm -hmm. and (laughs) not so just like I don't know who knows maybe the UPN thing who knows but like they just they really just like made him like a stick in the mud that doesn't actually do anything and i feel and it's i i love paris just being like you know you know you may be my commanding officer but you were just completely wrong and stupid right now yes very like but i do but i do love the acting moment that they're having where this it is it is like this um them disagreeing with each other like Mm -hmm. I, i do like it when like they come to some sort of impasse about the way to do things and you know even though chakotay's um where Chakotay's coming from is completely wrong and stupid. Like, mm-hmm. reform the genocider. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like not gonna work, buddy. Not gonna work, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like it, he's it, been doing he's been doing genocide for two hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Hitler, we couldn't change Hitler, and he only did it for like five. Yeah, like come on. He's like no Anorex, Anorex. Like uh, I mean, yeah, like Anorex has like this tragic backstory, but he's clearly gone insane. Right, two hundred years. Mm-hmm. There is no coming back from the brink. Like yeah, his yeah. story sad. He lost his wife after you know doing a genocide, mm-hmm. but <laughs> like, he is at the expense of countless billions he's trying to bring back 50 million yes which is like you know i i generally believe in the good of the all over the the good of the few and so, but i mean it's like dude what are you what are, what are you doing yeah like you're literally doing genocide meanwhile in Paris- order to bring back your race which is just fucking like you know youth euthanasia and meanwhile yeah and paris is making or, greater strides sorry, yeah of just like of of actually like forming some sort of like actual plan that has a chance of success mm-hmm. and Chicote is trying to work against him yeah and just like come on i wasn't looking for euthanasia i don't know what word i was looking for mm. Mm, no not gonna find it doesn't matter sorry yeah. <laughs> no. um so Chicote tells paris if he refuses chain of command they can settle it the old-fashioned way which i would have loved to have seen Yes, um, but yeah. then an alarm sounds and breaks the tension. I, I think I think Paris probably would have won that fight. Paris was in jail. Yeah, yeah. he would have won. He yeah. would have. Yeah, he would have. He would have just fucked Chakotay up. <laughs> yeah, right. I would have loved to have seen that. It would have been so good. So on the bridge, Anorax is preparing to do a temporal incursion against the Rom Izod, which uh, Anorax says will restore the Kremen timeline to fifty-two percent, which doesn't sound great. No. Chakotay begs him to stop, and Paris asks Chakotay if this is what he calls enlightened. Another sick 
burn. <laughs> Anorax goes through with it and eradicates the species from existence. Does another genocide right there. Oh, I could, why didn't my reforming him work? No. Like, why? I thought I reached his heart and mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking Chakotay would have been one of the people. We can push Biden to the left. Yeah, right? we could push. We, we can push Anorex left. <laughs> we can push him left. Yeah. He will change. Yeah. He'll listen to reason. If I if I rules lawyer him enough, he'll listen to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how it always works. Yeah, if I if I if I point out the um, hypocrisy in his beliefs, then he'll he'll have no for, no no choice but to uh, right. change. Yeah, yeah, because life does work exactly like the West Wing. <laughs> yeah, it works just like the West Wing, mm -hmm. where you call call someone out, they'll be like, oh, I'm yeah. An idiot. If if you have a logically superior argument, yep. more people vote for you. That's just how life works. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just logic and reason. Uh -huh. Totally, sure. totally, totally works on a on a on a psychotic two hundred year old <laughs> guy with a time machine, yeah. or a psychotic <laughs> two hundred year old country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, Obris reports uh, the results, and Anorax retires to his quarters. They fucking wiped everything out. Paris tells Chakotay that he'll deal with Anorax himself. Chakotay is angry and confronts Anorax, who is pretty chill about the whole genocide thing. Anorax says it was easy the first time he did it, but the second time he lost more than you could imagine. And fucking Kurtwood Smith puts in a great acting performance yeah, here with his speech. He's so good in this role. Yeah, he fucking rocks. Uh, Chakotay asks about the colony on Kiana Prime, having done some research into Anorax. Turns out his wife was on Kiana Prime when her erasure erased his entire family, including his children and grandchildren from history. He picks up the glass pyramid from earlier with the hair in it and says that it's hers, which we could have probably deduced from maybe the first scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe funny if it turned out to be his dog. <laughs> <laughs> I took a lock. It's a golden of, retriever. I took, took good a, boy. Took a lock of, of Comet's hair. <laughs> <laughs> You see, I lived with this family in San Francisco. <laughs> the wife died, and I was one of their uncles. <laughs> I had a puppet show I was working on. <laughs> it's just the, the continuation of Joey's story. Yeah, yeah, that'd be funny. Oh, my God, Dave Gouye. Kouye. 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 Cool, uh, Dave Kouye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was in this role. It would have. It would have been. It would have been fantastic. But that would have been too much competition for Neelix for the uh, very young women. Yeah, he would have been a good Neelix. Yeah, you're not wrong. Actually, Dave yeah. Coulier could have actually probably rocked Neelix. Yeah, and he brought. I mean, I I love Ethan Phillips as Neelix. I just oh, yeah. hate the character. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But it would have been easier to hate him if he was Dave Couillet, oh. and uh, and he had puppets. They he, he's like, can I bring puppets into uh, this Neelix character? Yeah, they're like sh no, this isn't fucking Farscape, <laughs> goddammit! it! He'd just be there. Would be like instead of like uh, instrument recitals that they would all attend, it'd be oh. like um, Neelix's puppet shows. Hell yeah! And <laughs> it's like, wait, how is he commanding that one puppet in his lap? <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the snake. <laughs> <laughs> this puppet is for tasting. <laughs> now I need a now I need a um, volunteer from the audience <laughs> to taste the snake. No adults, no adults allowed. <laughs> Our little secret. Um so um uh 
fucking Tienza speech, Anorak ends the speech by saying the time itself is punishing him, keeping his wife from him in retaliation for his arrogance towards it, mm. which is pretty, <laughs> he's really eloquent here. Yeah. He seems, well, I mean, he's had 200 years to think about this shit, so yeah. he better be. That's all he can think about. I, he should have a podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's time time. Yeah. Everyone just listen. Anorax and Obris. <laughs> hey, it's your boy Anorax. <laughs> Welcome to the show. So I just wiped this culture from existence. You don't know them, but you know I'm gonna tell you all about them. Today we're talking to uh, KSI and Mr. Beast about cultural genocide, <laughs> full scale. Uh, uh, Obris, uh, bring up that clip of the chimpanzee. You know the one from the from the from the planet we just wiped out. Yeah, it's a really funny video of a of a of a chimpanzee uh, scratching his butt and sniffing it. Bring it up, Obris. Bring it up. Yo, 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 this is crazy anorax. Yo, have you ever done DMT? <laughs> um yeah. So um Obris comes in and reports that the calculations were correct, but Kyana Prime is not uh, there anymore and questions Anorax's actions. Anorax dismisses him and tells Chakotay uh, that his calculations need more work but he, Anorax, will continue his mission of wiping off places and civilizations while he works on the calculations. Chakotay says he has no right to do this but Anorax says only time can pronounce judgment on me, which would be the sickest tattoo yeah. Just Anorax with only time can pronounce judgment on against me. Like it's, that's so much better than only God can judge me. Yeah. That's it's so much sicker. It's Anorax's face and a watch. Yeah, and the the silver pocket watch, motherfucker. The silver pocket watch uh-huh. is Anorax and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be sick as fuck. Um so back in Chakotay's guest quarters, he finally agrees with Paris that Anorax must be stopped. Jesus Christ. Chakotay, <laughs> you just figured this out? <laughs> It yeah. only took you like five weeks of watching genocide every day. I was thinking that we set up an election. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of change.org? Yeah. I started a petition. I think Anorax, you know, something's gonna, something big's happening. I, I think we're gonna vote Anorax out of office. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, we appointed a special counselor, a special counsel to investigate him. His name's Robert Mueller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's going against him is his second in command and i think i think a lot of good feelings about him like Mm -hmm. you know he also wants to bring back his dead wife (laughs) (laughs) but he says he'll do it in a much better way the best way (laughs) make dead wives alive again (laughs) (laughs) um so Paris thinks Obrist will help him contact Voyager and give away the ship's location, along with helping him sabotage the temporal core to take mm-hmm. it uh, back into space-time to be vulnerable to weapons. Chakotay gives him the go-ahead for this mutiny. So that's, that's wow! Thanks a lot, Chakotay. Yeah, you did a lot I, of help there. Yeah, I didn't need your fucking permission. What <laughs> What are you gonna do? Take away my holodeck access. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you're going to give me permission to do the thing that I've been working on diligently for yeah. like God knows how long. Oh, great. I can Thank already you. do my plan that I've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh. Oh, you mean uh, that thing that is already in motion. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Thanks. So I won't stop doing it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for your permission. Are you going to help? Oh, no. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, I don't want your help. Yeah. <laughs> um, day 226. Voyager is like so fucked up now. It's so fucked up, but it's with four other ships in a small coalition formed against the temporal weapon ship. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I wish we got to see the other aliens. Yeah, me too. It kind of sucks that we didn't. Yeah, they didn't spend any time. They, they gave them names and stuff, but didn't yeah, show them at all. Because that would have been cool to just also... Because you would imagine, like, uh, the the weapon ship would be such a... Uh, Behemoth, a behemoth, and problem in this sector, right? Right. Because he's just going around like wantonly, like fucking deleting people from history. It's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, like I feel. Yeah, it's gonna affect everything around here. Everybody, everything around them. Everybody would. Every all the all the people that are left would want this guy gone. Mm-hmm. So Voyager is super fucked up, but with a couple other ships, uh, Janeway informs the crew that she has received a message from Tom Paris, giving them the location of the ship as well as its temporal core. Paris gave her the mutiny plans and, um, uh, sorry, uh, the mutiny plans and uh, the plan to come in, disable it, and get Paris and Chakotay. Janeway orders the crew to command the other ships and outfit them with temporal shielding, and she says she'll remain on board the, on board the Voyager to pilot it alone. Torres questions this, but Janeway thinks the six photon torpedoes they have left will be enough to protect her, and that the captain, after all, must go down with the ship. Tuvok questions Janeway, and she gives a speech about how much the ship means to her, and mm-hmm. says that it means as much as any of the crew members, except Harry Kim. <laughs> Ensign Harry Kim. Yeah. Oh, you were hoping for a, for a promotion, Harry? Uh, the fact that you were like part of the only senior staff that stayed behind and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, did, and did repairs and all this stuff? Yeah, you're getting promoted. No, no. <laughs> Not your kind. No. Not one of you. Not ensigns. Yeah. <laughs> That's who she, yeah, she just hates all ensigns. Oh, She's yeah. never promoted an ensign in her life. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to start now with you, Harry. So Tuvok respects this and gives uh, her the live long and prosper, and she hugs him, which he warmly returns at a rare intimate Tuvok moment. Yes. Now alone, Janeway assumes the con, and it like focuses in on her on just a really awesome shot yeah. of just a destroyed bridge and her sitting alone as the captain. Yes. So sick. Day 257. <laughs> On board the Kremen, uh, Krenim temporal weapon, the mutiny is working. Obrist informs Anorax of the approaching Vestals, but Anorax is pretty fucking chill about it. Yeah. Chakotay assures Anorax that Janeway wouldn't be attacking if she couldn't do some damage, um, which distracts him from Obrist transmitting some information to Paris, who's got this little tiny computer that he's tapping away on. Yeah. Cute little, cute little computer. And actually, like, Chakotay wasn't even... Do, doing any sort of distraction no. for Anorex. He was actually just saying that genuinely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> he was just like, he's like, yeah, we didn't really give Chakotay any sort of like anything to do in this. <laughs> yeah, so we better give away like what Janeway does. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. So Chakotay also points out that Janeway might have shared the temporal shielding technology. So Anorex orders the weapon to be brought online to do multiple incursions to disable the temporal shields. Paris is not getting the temporal core. Um, offline and two of the uh, <coughs> allied with Voyager ships are erased as fuck. Mm-hmm. Anorax orders Obris to target the other ships, but instead he takes the temporal core offline as alarms begin to sound. Obris says this must end now as he beams Chakotay and Paris to one of the other ships. Anorax angrily pushes away from the console saying they are now vulnerable. 
Surprised no one like rushes to like just fuck Anorex up. Just be like, we're done with this. <laughs> yeah, right. Like they should have like pulled him apart and ate him. That would have been sick as fuck. Yeah. But uh, instead, Anorex orders the ship to switch to conventional weapons, and most people will take the order. And uh, he takes out most of the ships, and one crashes into Voyager. Yeah. And Janeway's, that part was so sick. It though. was so sick. Like, I didn't love a lot of the special effects on this yeah. episode, but that part was sick. But yeah, that's something you don't see a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, So looking up, the entire bulkhead is gone from the bridge. And the only thing between Janeway and space is an emergency force field with the weapon ship right in front of her. Yeah. Anorax orders to destroy Voyager and Janeway and put Janeway out of her misery. And God, Kurtwood Smith, once again, such a good fucking actor in this role. He is. is, That's why. Yeah. If he was given like the uh, the villain role of a movie, Mm -hmm. he would have been like one of the best. Like he would have been like con level, Mm -hmm. like uh, memorable Star Trek villain. Honestly, he should have been shins on. That would have rocked. That would have rocked. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just a different type of bald guy. I don't look nothing like you, but I am bald. (laughs) But him him doing the anorex for a film, it would have been so good. Yeah. So uh, Janeway hails the other ships as she sets a collision course towards the weapon ship. She thinks that if the ship is destroyed, perhaps all the damage it ever caused might be reversed. Which is wild that Anorex never thought about this. Right. It's <laughs> kind of weird no one ever thought about this. Yeah, it's like, it's like oh, like this all started because of one action I did? Yeah. Because I guess he's still like, st- he still wants his, his the initial enemies gone. Mm-hmm. Even at the expense of, like, yeah, like, everything else that's happened. Like, right. It's just like, well, you know, it's like the old lady that swallowed the fly type situation. Right. It just, like, keeps getting progressively worse and worse, and he's not seeing, like, it could just, like, end if he just went back to the beginning and never did it at all. Right. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, he could he could go back to, like, his regular life if he just put a gun in his mouth. Yeah. Which is weird to think about. Yeah. But I think in this temporal line, because he's like, as long as he's inside the ship, he's shielded from time. Yeah. You know, which is why he's been able to do this for 200 years. Mm. And so, like, I don't know, because he's out of space time, yeah, I don't know how that would work. If he, like, killed himself, would that, like, just reverse all the damage he's done while he's on the ship? I think so. Yeah, probably. Unless someone else took it over instead. Yeah. Oberus could have become the Anorex. Yeah, Oberus could have been. But Oberus seems a lot more reasonable. Yeah. Like he's got a, less of a bone to grind. Let's vote for that Oberus. Yeah. <laughs> Oberus Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Barack Hussein Oberus. <laughs> um, so moments later... Uh, moments before um, she 9-11's Anorex, Janeway says, time's up. Yep, movie line. So good, so good, and plows into the fucking ship. The temporal core destabilizes, and temporal incursion within the ship is imminent. Anorex runs back to his room just in time uh, to see the glass pyramid fall and shatter. The hair vanishes before him. He suddenly realizes his fate. The ship explodes in a giant temporal shockwave, erasing it from history. Day one. <laughs> it's awesome. It was so sick. Yeah. Um, so Voyager, undamaged, her crew healthy and relaxed, journeys home. Mm-hmm. A Krenim warship approaches and hails. Again, it is a Krenim commandant, this time more cordial as he informs Janeway the region is in dispute and suggests they might avoid it. Janeway thanks him, and he wishes them a good journey. Mm. 
Janeway decides to have a commissioning ceremony for the Astrometrics Lab. Unfortunately, this time without the doctor's speech. (laughs) Back some 200 years ago, Anorax sits at a desk at home working on a pad. His wife comes to him and asks him to join her for breakfast, which he says he'll do after a few more calculations. She chides him and says there's always a few more calculations, and asks him to spend the day with her. She offers her hand and he embraces it and leaves work on the pad as they leave together. The work on the pad, the temporal calculations. Well. The end. Which goes to show, you know, if you spend more time having sex with your wife, you won't build a Holocaust machine. <laughs> yeah, you know, if uh, if Eva Braun was putting some more of her pussy into it. I don't even think he started dating Eva Braun until much after, didn't he? Much until he started the Holocaust? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, she could have prevented it if they met before World War II. Maybe. She could have yeah. saved him. She could have saved him. She could have changed him. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Change me! Yeah. Yeah, we should <laughs> Is that a baby song about a diaper? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a like, cool like that's, that's that's you. <laughs> it's a cool it's the it's the new metal uh baby song about getting changed. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. Sounds like a tool song. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what do you think about this this episode and both episodes together? I liked it. I yeah. liked it a lot. I, that's why I feel like I feel this is probably like one, the most cinematic two-parter of the Voyager mm-hmm. a Voyager series. Like I feel like it's... It, so Scorpion's pretty cinematic. Yeah, Scorpion's cinematic but I feel like this... This is written and set up more like a movie though. It's yeah, like, it is. Yeah, it, it has a memorable memorable villain villain which is mm-hmm. like the core of like you know what a good uh star trek movie like a memorable villain mm-hmm. like stakes we got like the ship fucked up we get to see like our our heroes in the in another situation that they're t- typically not in you know mm-hmm. surviving surviving by their wits mm-hmm. and like and in you know in their um, macgyver skills so it's it's, it's always fun to watch so i will say the only reason i could see for it not being a movie is the fact that like the end kind of erases everything that ever happened in in the episodes that's true and so ultimately like it's not consequential yeah but at the same time like star trek picard season two was completely unconsequential yes because it took place in an alternate reality yeah (laughs) um that's why like it would the the change would be like yeah i mean uh anorex making the better decisions in his life right and like and so he so they would end with like you know the one of the rare like villain redemptions right because and which is like should it be usually the core of of like a lot of the, a lot of these um of star trek where mm-hmm. it's just like yeah instead of in going mad and becoming like a genocider mm-hmm. like a time genocide guy instead of doing what they did for all three jj abrams films <laughs> yeah. which is like revenge, revenge. He like he has this sort of like even though it's probably not like he doesn't remember mm-hmm. his future of, of doing that he sort of like, sort of has that sort of like like residual memory almost that probably continued with him which is why he probably made the better decisions to mm-hmm. like hey you know what I'll be a wife guy instead of a genocide guy 
And yeah, but he was a wife genocide guy in this. He so. became a wife genocide guy, but if he, but he said like, he's like in this conversation with Chakotay, he said like, oh, if I had spent more time paying attention to her than, mm-hmm. than, doing, my, been, than doing my work. I would have been eating more of that sneeze. <laughs> exactly. Like if he'd just been eating more sniz, uh, just like uh, just hanging out with his wife, going the, going and taking the walk and stuff like that. He and, would, and eating the sniz and yeah, on he, a park on the walk. Yeah, he would He would just be totally, he'd just be, live a happy life. and Happy uh, wife, happy life. Happy you life, yeah. Happy wife, happy life. Uh-huh. And that's more proof than this. And so yeah, I do like. Yeah, he did seem to like uh, subconsciously make the better decisions for himself. Yeah, and um, and showed like how his path diverged into could easily diverge from being just like a dorky scientist guy to mm-hmm. just like commanding the genocide ship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a you know fucking Oppenheimer. It's a, there's a thin line between dorky, brilliant scientist guy and guy who causes genocide to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, am I going to wipe out like ten thousand people in an instant, or am I going to uh, have sex with my wife, <laughs> right, or or my friend's wife, or my friend's wife in Oppenheimer's case. <laughs> yeah. Real or, or Florence Pooh. Yeah, very, very Eric Clapton of him. Yeah, wow. yeah. So he's, so yeah, he, 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 there's definitely some decisions that are being made, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then just goes to show, like, yeah, all the Oppenheimers and Anorexes of the world, you know, just like spend more time with your wife. Yeah, right. I think that's the, the ultimate message of this is you got to spend time with your wife. Yeah. Goofy's a fucked up dog. Goofy's a fucked up dog. And an alcoholic. God, that. Goofy almost has the same. Now that we're thinking about it, Goofy almost has the same origin story. Almost. Yeah, you're not. You're not <laughs> wrong. And Danny Tanner. And Danny now, Tanner. Now that you mention oh it, they're God. all kind of the same thing. They're all. They're all widowers. Who they're all just widowers with like a, a puppeteer who lives with them. <laughs> 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 and yeah, like, and but it just uh, Danny Tanner. You know, he decided to just become. He never, never really acknowledged the. the dead wife too much he but. he does in the first season and that's mostly it and that's it like, there's also i think one where they talk about like the anniversary of her death it's it's not very often but yeah. it comes up every now and again i've watched all of full house oh yeah but he doesn't but he doesn't de- de- devise a genocide device not quite he, i mean he's on a morning news show in san francisco which yeah. you could argue is a sort of genocide device and that it's yeah. it's cultural genocide and that it's whitewashing the <laughs> entire world yeah especially with bob fucking saget on that shit yeah r.i.p r.i.p yeah he, he yeah i mean he he was kind of yeah and evil in his own way but you mm-hmm. know made 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 uh, a bunch of people live in his house yeah made them <laughs> could have gone really dark where he's just like he he brings everyone in because he lost his wife so he never wants them to escape to leave yeah like anyone else that he's close Je- to leave him. jesse lives in the basement <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, pre- I'm protecting jesse nothing ever bad will happen to jesse now J- jesse used to live in the basement but now he lives in the attic and joey <laughs> lives in the basement with all the puppets <laughs> hey danny i know you were my you were my brother-in-law but my but my sister's dead we're no, no longer related <laughs> no, Danny. No, Jesse. You stay with me. You're forever my brother. <laughs> You're forever my brother-in-law. <laughs> you can stay here forever. You must stay here forever. <laughs> Please.
years I wrote a hit album. I need to release it with the Rippers. I, I played drums for the Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah, didn't he do that in real life? Yeah, he did. And yeah. guitar. God, do you think do you think um, he's like a QAnon guy? I hope not, because he's still he's still friends with um, like the, the the guys from the Beach Boys that are that, that, that are QAnon psychos that are yeah like Trumpers and so I actually went and saw the Beach Boys last week. What? Yeah, straight up. You we, didn't tell me that I didn't. But <laughs> the funniest thing that happened was uh, fucking uh, I can't remember the guy Mike Love, uh, yeah. the original Beach Boys vocalist and the guy who's like a big Trumper mm-hmm. uh, said. Uh, so this uh, this next song, don't uh, don't tell the FBI or the state because it's specifically gendered. This one is Surfer Girl. <laughs> oh my god! And there was like an audible groan from the crowd, like no. Yeah, they they developed this whole victim complex in their minds because no. no one's going, no one fucking cares. Yeah, no one fucking cares you even exist. No, <laughs> like, like, yeah. The, you, you make music that like people like t- t- hear, and they're like, "Whatever happened to them?" Yeah, they, like, they, they, they seriously think like there's going to be like uh, FBI agents are going to show up because they use the use the gendered term "girl." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God, I, I I love their beautiful brains. Their beautiful victimized brains. Yeah, they're <laughs> poor, poor, poor little things. Yeah. That's funny. They're that, such they're such victims, you know. They're always getting. Um, was the crowd weird? The crowd was mixed. Uh, mm. There were. Where some, was where was this? This was Mary Moore Park. A lot mm. of hot lesbians, oddly enough. Interesting. That was weird to me. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a pretty pretty mixed. Uh, not it, not uh, very was, young. Were they, yeah, very that's young. what I was about to say. Yeah, were they yeah. all older? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, there were some like people around my age there, but mm. I mean, mostly probably 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah, I know. I mean, my my parents played the Beach Boys a lot when I was a kid, mm-hmm. so I knew a lot of the Beach Boys songs. Two girls for every guy. <laughs> Two girls for every cup. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. I wonder if anyone's ever done that before I recorded that song. Yeah. I should. Well, I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend this episode together yeah. with part one and two. It's like a nine out of ten for me. Mm. It's very fucking good. It is good. It is 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 excellent. Like, mm-hmm. excellent uh, character moments between people. Like, um,. The doctor, the, you know, doctor and uh, Jane Way, mm-hmm. Paris and Chakotay, like Chakotay and um, uh, Anorex, mm-hmm. like, like everyone. Yeah, lots of good dialogue. For yeah, sure. lots of good dialogue. Lots of good character moments. Yeah, and even like the acting when Jane Way, when she was like going into the fire, and also when she was alone on the ship by herself, mm-hmm. great like solo acting. Jane Way is a badass in this. Janeway, I mean, Jane Way in general is a fucking badass. Yeah. She makes a lot of decisions I do not agree with. Yeah, Tuvix. <laughs> yeah, Tuvix, the fucking Borg genocide. Yeah. Like there's 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 a few things I yeah. take issues with. You know, I, I I feel that way about every single captain though. Yes. Uh but like she seems to disregard a few more of the rules cuz they're real far out while laying the rules down hard on everyone else. Yeah. Which I'm not fond of. No, no. She she doing her own thing. Yeah, she doing her own thing. I, I, I like Janeway. She's like in my top five captains, but yeah. she's never gonna be number one. No. Even close. No. Yeah. I mean she's she's a solid four. Yeah. Not not like that rating, you know, you know, number four on the list. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is one of her strongest episodes for sure. Yes. This is one of the most baddie episodes, and I love it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, she does a great, like, uh, sacrifice at the end. Mm-hmm. Just totally badass. Hell yeah. We yeah. love to see it. We she love rocks. to see a 9 11 in culture. Yeah. Especially pre 9 11. That rocks. Oh, yeah. Pre 9 11. Do you mm-hmm. think, like, uh, Osama bin Laden was watching this episode. hundred percent. And being like, I've got an that. idea. <laughs> write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Definitely. George Bush was watching and George W. Bush. Was like, hey, oh, that's a great idea. Hey, 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 Osama. I got, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you watch Star Trek? <laughs> doing like the, doing like the back to the future thing. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might not like this, but your kids are gonna love it. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck, is that you? Sam, is that you? Listen, I got the sound you've been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great place for us to leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Thanks for hanging with us, soldiers. Yeah. Be well, travel safe, and uh, go watch Year of Hell Part One and Two. It's great. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for checking with us, soy boys, girls, and otherworldly beings. Hang dong and shocker Soy, soy, soy. Uh, I'm feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling that what? Feeling uh, my, oh, my vibrating butt plug. Oh, you found it. Uh, oh, it was inside me the whole time. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I went to my yogi and they said, search within yourself. And I yeah. was like, oh, that's where I left it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Oh, I found it. Thank you. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it was in you all along yeah so search within yourself that's the the final message mm-hmm. it's our jerry's final thought <laughs> thanks for joining us